Hi, this is Star Wars author Delilah S. Dawson, and you're listening to Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. Sure. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co-host. He has, uh, he was going to be that 10th Jedi until Toby, a.k.a. Toby, <laughs> showed up. Uh, guys, it's... It's true, I guess. You're yeah. throwing it to me with that? Yeah, yeah right. that, that is you. Hey, oh. how's it going, Brandon? How are you doing today? You know, it's uh, it's it's been an, an interesting day. I'm glad that yeah. it's topping off with podcasting, and right, uh, right. to do that with us, we have a twin born of the light side with more energy than a kyber crystal on its birthday. It's Lindsay. It's Lindsay. Okay, I wasn't sure if after your your weird handoff See? to Drew, if I was supposed to like finish, <laughs> so I wanted to jump the gun. <laughs> Way to be proactive. We we appreciate and the I, hustle on. I the wanted to sound podcast. more excited about it being Lindsay as opposed to like it's it's Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Question marks. Like I don't know, bro. Is it? I don't know. We'll Maybe. hopefully find out within the next hour and a half. Or a really good voice match. going to go. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, guys, we are um, actually taking a break from our trivia tournament tonight to uh, be discussing Star Wars Visions. So Visions, of course, is the new Star Wars anime show that came out recently. So when we get to the discussion time, um, it will be full spoilers. But before we get to that, let's get to something that is not a spoiler Drew, hey, you got to read Ronin. I did. Um, wow, what an experience that was. First off, I think this is the first time I've ever had an advanced copy of anything to read before. Um, so it was really, really fun to kind of enjoy that before anybody else even had that in their hands yet. Um, I was a little jealous of the people who seem to be getting the physical copies nowadays in the mail, but that's all right. I had a digital copy. Like what? When did we get that? A month and a half ago now? Like, uh, uh, I don't September? know. It must have been early September um, or so. But the review is up. Uh, it, sh- it, Brandon, do you agree it's sufficiently spoiler free? Oh, yeah. It's 100% spoiler free. Okay, good. I, I wasn't because really like to make sure. Even like I, I'm, you know, reading Ronin now, and you haven't told me anything, thankfully, and everything like that. Um, and yeah, I was able to read it over and and not get any. Good, good, good. Really, that's, that big was exactly spoilers. exactly what I wanted you to be like, be able to read through that and understand why it's worth getting and reading. Um, this is easily in the top three best Star Wars books out there. So. If you haven't ordered a copy, it's it's about time you go ahead and put the money down. I pre-ordered a copy, then we got the advanced one, and I'm keeping my pre-order so that I can own it too. That's how important I think it is. Yeah, and I mean, I'm about 40-some-odd pages in, into it, and just in terms of prose and writing, like, oh my god. Yeah. They are so good. It's in a class outside of the rest of the books, and that's kind of one of the things I really liked about it is that 
it, you could basically scratch off the phrase Star Wars from the cover and still it's a, it, it's a top shelf quality book. It's a great read. Um, it's very hard to put it down. It continually makes you want to flip to the next page and chapter to keep going. Like It's very difficult to stop this one. I, I really can't say enough good about it. I can't wait for more people to read it so that we can have some in-depth, in-depth discussions. There's a lot of things to tackle. Uh, Lindsay, there's a lot of mask uh, excitement. So I know you're always a fan of the masks and the symbolism behind those. So you'll you'll enjoy that aspect of things too. Good, good. And now walk us through this because I, I think it's something we're going to have to cover for our our chat tonight. But okay. what's the deal with anything related to visions at all in terms of canon? Oh, okay. So the duel, which was the first episode of Visions, which is kind of the mostly black and white. Uh, mm-hmm. short is actually the first like two, three, four chapters of the Ronin book. So basically they had the concept for the jewel and then they took it to the author, Emma Cannon and, and said, Hey, would you be interested in writing a story that picks up where this, you know, takes off and, and basically do whatever you want with it. And man, do they, um, so you'll get to the if you watch the duel and if you're intrigued in what happened in that and some of the characters that you meet there, then you will pick up that story immediately from when credits roll going forward. So you learn a lot more about everybody that you saw. And, and but does that make the off. duel canon or is Ronan still just like an imagination type thing? Yeah, it's, Ronan is, is branded as a, a Star Wars Visions novel. So it's it still falls in the same kind of this doesn't really apply to anything. It's just a fairy tale, uh-huh. which is fine because they really are freed up to take what we know from the Star Wars universe and really flip things on their head. There are a few terms that they, they use in this novel that the author uses that do not mean the same thing as a traditional Star Wars novel would mean. And it's very basic. Oh. Things like like okay. they're, they talk about the empire, but it's not the empire we know. They talk about the Jedi, but it's barely the Jedi we know. But I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to say in comparison between Ronan's Jedi and I don't even know what you call it anymore. Um, Disney Jedi, I suppose it's probably the most accurate thing to say. Um, but there's a lot of intentional twisting of things. So I think also if you're a fan of the way The Last Jedi had a tendency to take things and kind of situate them on their head, you'll find a lot to appreciate in this one as well. Well, and okay. it's, it's interesting too, because this is like, to me, Visions is almost like a version of Star Wars What If, you know? Because you have, like you said, like there's the Empire, but it's not the Empire we know. And there's the war, but it's not the war that we know. You know, and the even like uh, I think in in Ronin, there's a mention of like emperor, like it's it's all there. The tenants are all there, but they're mm-hmm. mixed around in different ways because this one event changed or whatever. It's not so much that there's one event that changed and it kind of sets it down a parallel, you know, alternate reality kind of thing. But it's more like taking the labels and changing what those labels translate to in your brain. So you're going to see things like there's a dark, there's dark lords mentioned and there are Jedi and Sith mentioned. I don't think that's a spoiler since, you know, in the duel, they specifically mentioned those two terms, but they don't mean exactly what they used to mean. And I think that's interesting because it, it's, it demonstrates a little bit of the freedom that the author was given. And I really, 
I, I was really shocked at how much freedom that they were given and how much they did with it and made it such an interesting story. Um, this is not going to be everybody's favorite book, let's be clear. Uh, it is not, it's not a simple, straightforward read. Um, I was, I spent a lot of time trying to think of like what you could compare it to. And this, it's, this is not an, a super apt comparison, but give me 30 seconds and I think I can, I can point you to it. If you read the Game of Thrones books, there's a moment, I think it's in like book four, where they reveal the mystery, they reveal an answer to a mystery set up in book one, but they do it in a very casual manner, whereas the only person who is surprised by that is you, the reader. And it's that level of attention to detail and structure and planning and writing that Emma Candon uses in Ronan as well. Like it's a very sophisticated style of writing that if you're not paying close enough attention, um, I feel like some people are going to lose track of what's going on. Um, like this is not like the High Republic issue of, oh, there's just so many characters, I need to keep a spreadsheet of who's on what planet, what color everybody's lightsaber is. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about the way language is used and how the author knows what you think it means and then the author is going to screw with you <laughs> uh, through the rest of the book about it. And I just, I love that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. I can't, cannot, cannot recommend this book highly enough. To the four people who like the same kind of books that I like, they're going to love it too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you liked alphabet squadron <laughs> yeah and if you really really like the queen shadow book then you'll probably like this one too it's not a... that the two have anything in common let's be clear you know what? i was gonna say it's was a very getting... particular no. brand i was getting no real hyped up the way you were talking about this and then you just crash me right back down with that. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's definitely it's it, it, there's there is no real other book written like it in the star wars canon that i'm familiar with now i'm not going to say I've, I've read everything that's out there but i feel like i've got a pretty good enough pulse you know feeling on the pulse of, of how, how these books go um that i'd be shocked if there's anything close to this level out there and if there is, why the heck has no one told me about it? For real. <laughs> this book was so freaking right up my alley. Like, oh my gosh. And it, Visions itself, like, I, spoiler alert, Visions is amazing. Um, there's no bad episode. So, Brandon, you're already wrong um, about all kinds of things. Just just prepare yourself for that because it's coming. There's oh, no oh, bad geez. episodes. Oh, yes, it They're is. all oh, good. Geez. Nope. Nope. They're all good. There are some that are perfect. There are some that are great. There are some oh. that are fine. I yep. hate when I know I'm teeing up for a night of agreeing with Brandon and that Drew. Yes. It's never fun for me. Nope. <laughs> yes. nope. Welcome to the you. shallow side. <laughs> That's all right. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> Oh, 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 that's, that's about all I've been Star Warsing lately. Has anybody else been doing anything that's non-Visions related? No, because I, I actually... I guess it's a good time to cover this now because I don't want to get too into a discussion about this or, or take away from a really good discussion with this. But I actually ended up really liking the format it was released in where it's mm, okay. you could jump around. It was all released. I was I was actually bummed out at first when I, I signed on on that morning and I saw every single episode was there. I was hoping it would be kind of like the what if where it's it's every week and I have something to look forward to and I can digest it. But the reason I actually ended up really liking this was I could jump around and have this fit into my schedule. Yeah. So if I had 10 minutes free one day, I could just in the middle of the day watch a, a quick 10 minute episode. And then at night, 
when I had a little bit more time, I could watch one of the longer episodes. So it was nice to have that flexibility and let Star Wars kind of fit into my schedule. Whereas I mm-hmm. feel like normally when something comes out, you know me, I am in such a time crunch and such a rush where I'm like, I have to do this right now and I have to make time for this. So for me, it's it's not even that I've been Star Warsing anything necessarily else or extra, it was just really nice to kind of breathe a little bit and, and let it fit into my schedule. So I've been mm-hmm. Star Warsing Visions, obviously, but just because I was able to do it over a longer period of time. Yeah, same. I think that really helps with it, too, because each one is so different from the rest of them mm-hmm. that you need some downtime in order to process through, okay, what did I just watch? Like, what did I just sit through? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy you said that because it was... It was jarring for me. I watched um, before I kind of figured out like, oh, I could hop around. I watched the duel first. And then the next one is the the band one. Yep. And to go from such extremes <laughs> in terms of tone and animation and dialogue, like it was it was a bit of a whiplash type thing. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, once I figured out kind of that that change in tone and, and that it was OK, it, it really opened things up. And you're right. It let me breathe a little bit and digest what I just saw as opposed to like, I have to keep going. I have to finish the next one. Hmm. Brandon, how are you dealing with that kind of stuff? Cause you're not super into the whole anime world yourself. Are you? Uh, I'm not into the anime world at, at all, all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, um, that's okay. That's all right. So, you know, I kind of came to it with a, a, beginner's mindset if you will you know of like okay i don't really know what anime is and there's some that you know hit what my perception of anime would be um and i don't use perception to mean anything negative just from my point of view um so yeah i mean the format it introduced me to what i feel like are a a variety of different styles of anime Mm -hmm. you know like Lindsay pointed out with the duel and uh tatooine rhapsody being back to back like the duel i was like okay this is not exactly what i thought but makes sense Mm -hmm. and then you get to tatooine rhapsody and it's like well i didn't know this was (laughs) this is what i was afraid of is that what you were having pretty much yeah yeah we'll get i mean so so look drew b b and i also we were saying um before like we kind of came from the same place where we both absolutely love avatar you know last airbender but to us that's kind of like anime light that's like anime with training wheels on other than that we never really yeah 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 and other other than that I know I can speak for myself. I've certainly tried to get into other anime, but it was just right. never really my thing. And I think you're you're spot on where the duel I was super into, but yeah, then Tatooine Rhapsody, I'm like, oh my God, this is why this is why I thought I could never get into it and I might be right. I wonder More if on that those... later, guys. God. <laughs> I, I wonder if they put those two back to back on purpose or if there's like I wonder mm. if they wanted to draw that distinction between, hey, look, this is there. There's some mature instances here that you're going to enjoy, but also there's something for your kids too. Um, you know that Saturday morning cartoon feel that you know Maybe. is also included in the anime. I mean, anime itself, if we think about it, is just a style of of TV show or movie or everything, anything really. It's a medium, 
but it doesn't have a specific genre or target audience or anything. It's just, you know, cartoon drawing, basically. You know, hand-drawn or computer-drawn animation as opposed to live-action footage. So it, it, it doesn't, we shouldn't pigeonhole it into a thing. Oh, if it's anime, it's childish. That's not necessarily accurate. And I think if yeah. you watch the tool, <laughs> and, and the, what's the, the last one, the Akakiri? Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Like, mm-hmm. that is like I feel like I Kurosawa want to say level. a lot, but I also don't want to spoil or take away from Fair the enough, more intense discussion that we can have on it. <laughs> Well, I think that's part of the plan, right, Brandon? We talked about plans before, and you made fun of me. <laughs> what, what plans? Oh my god, did we just did we just come up with the perfect transition? Yeah, patreon.com slash classic sabers. Hey, whatever. speaking <laughs> of Patreon, uh, we got to send some books to teachers uh, this week, which was pretty fantastic. Oh, yes, we got to send out uh, three boxes this last week, which is of course amazing. Um, and I actually have another box sitting by my doorway uh, that is going to a teacher here in Houston who uh, teaches deaf elementary students. And we're gonna grab coffee wow. and I'm gonna give her the books and it's gonna be fantastic. So really That's excited awesome. about all of that. Um, so if you'd like to support that, like Drew mentioned, you can go over to uh, patreon.com slash clashing sabers or just follow the link in our show notes and also if you have a teacher that you would like to nominate you can do that over on our website clashing sabers.net uh that's an easy one for me to say clearly i came up with it um but <laughs> i will uh i will let you go sign up at patreon and we will be back in two blinks of an ewok's eye Alright, welcome back guys, and it is time to get into Visions, and we are bringing back our uh, format that we haven't done in a while, our best and butts of uh, of Star Wars Visions. Drew made sure that I had to say butts. Butts, butts, Plural. butts, butts. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, no one wants to talk about the one butt. No, we will talk about the <laughs> That's just weird. best butt and the worst butt, because we're going to do our uh, top two, bottom two best and butts um, here on this episode covering Star Wars Visions. So from this point on, we are full spoilers for Visions. Turn back now if you are saving any episodes uh, because full spoilers. Drew, we're not going spoilers on Ronin, though. We're going to keep that nope, on nope, the down low. Keep that low. close to the vest. So uh, we will just be talking about spoilers for Star Wars, Star Wars Visions proper. So, Drew, are you ready to yes. do this? I, I certainly hope so. I'm a little concerned, but I think it's going to be fun. Okay. Well, <laughs> since I have very particular nits to pick. <laughs> well, pick one of those nits. Give us your, your best butt. Oh, the least oh, wow. terrible of the two. Oh, wait. Now I'm confused. Okay, so it's a butt. So now this is not just a strict ranking of the episodes and which ones we think are the number one, number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Correct. Um, at least that's not what I'm doing. But that did certainly right. help inform 
what the issues I had with some of these things. Um, and it, well, I guess we're doing the number two. So this is my not as egregious but. All right. I'll, let's talk about The Elder. Because that episode, I think, is probably um, belongs here at, the, at, the, at this end. This is not to say I didn't like it or didn't enjoy it. Because it's a pretty solid episode. What I think stands out about this one to me is that it didn't have as much of the invention or the inspiration that some of the episodes did. And we'll talk about this when we start talking about the, you know, our favorite things, especially when a certain one of us starts talking about their favorite things. The wilder and crazier, the better in this format. I think these short, you know, out of the box, not associated with anything canon related entries this is your chance to go and blow up the sandbox and do whatever you want with. You know, this is when you give studios and directors and writers and everybody involved, you know, unfettered freedom to just play with the rules, throw the rules out, burn the rules down. It doesn't matter because you've got the opportunity to do so. And I think the elder does the least of that out of any of these. It's not bad. Again, like I said before, I don't think there are any bad episodes. I think it's a good one, but I feel like this was a pretty standard structure. I feel like it didn't take as many chances as some of the other ones did. Um, I thought the animation is fluid. It's beautiful to watch, but I think that we've we're kind of familiar with the story of the Jedi who go and investigate a, a mysterious presence they're triggered, triggered by the dark side that they feel as they arrive in system, and it turns out to be either a Sith or a former Sith warrior. They go and they fight. I mean, that's kind of what the thing boils down to. There's little, you know, dibs and dabs of things in there to kind of to really investigate and kind of involve yourself. And the relationship between the Padawan and Master is fun to watch. But I don't really think that this episode took as many chances as some of the other ones did. And... Like I said before, this is the place to take your chances. This is where you use up every wild idea that you've got in the book because who knows if we're ever going to get more of these things. It would be great if we did, but I feel like The Elder was the one opportunity that they really said, well, I don't know if they said let's play it safe or let's tell a standard Star Wars story, but I feel like that's exactly what this is. What this reminded me most of is like a young reader's adventure novel from like the late nineties, um, like the Jedi quest or the Jedi adventures kind of books or like the young Jedi knight series. Brandon, I think you were a big fan of those yes, uh, time or something so much. This kind of reminded me of that style of story, which again, there's nothing wrong with those things. There is a place for those things and we should have those kinds of stories be told. I just think that, when you're in a format of like 15 to 25 minute long, you know, from a studio that the average Star Wars viewer has no idea what it is in a brand new medium that no one's going to be familiar with. I mean, this felt like it was played really safe and I feel like that was an opportunity kind of missed, but that's, that's kind of my notes on this one. What do you, how do you guys feel about this one? So this episode entirely was actually my best um, oh so I guess God. now I'm going to sacrifice one of my one of my options for best, but it's because of pretty much just that. Where oh, Lindsay, I, I want to say first of all, I didn't, I did not see it as just a tale of master and apprentice go and they fight a Sith. What I liked about it was it was a nice segue into the anime world because 
my takeaway from it was it dealt with the theme of the elder, you know, and, and the elder wasn't necessarily just the Sith. It was the master as well. And it was even the Padawan starting to understand that, that kind of aging process and what comes with aging and the benefits and the downfalls of it, which Mm -hmm. to me is something that we in our American culture don't really deal with. And we don't really talk about but the anime, I think that this is something that's really prevalent. So for me, it was a nice way to kind of get introduced to anime, both in terms of the theme and that kind of lighter, not quite as out there um, animation style, we'll say. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I really liked it because it, it was the perfect balance of what I already know and just a, a good segue, whereas opposed to some of these other ones that I can certainly get into for my butts, is just too out there and i understand wanting to take risks and imagine things in a different way but it didn't feel grounded at all this at least felt grounded oh man your worst episode is going to be my favorite one i guarantee it right now well let's <laughs> count of three well, let's get a little bit closer to that and Lindsay, you tell us tell us yours so just to <sighs> I don't want to take through bait. Um, <laughs> Go for it and tell Go you my it. least favorite, but I'll tell I'll tell you my my least offensive butt, um, and that really is to me. I this is kind of what I was saying before, where I don't know if it's an issue with vision specifically, or if it's just me not liking anime as much as I had hoped to. But it's more the dialogue in it that I really struggle with because even the more adult themed episodes to me still felt childish because of just the dialogue, which because it was so consistent in all nine episodes, that's when I started to be like, Oh, maybe it's not this. Maybe this is kind of just anime as a whole. Um, Mm. But the dialogue nine times out of 10 really, really took me out of everything and, and made me, I guess uneasy is the word. Did you, this is going to be uh, something we talk about a little bit. Did you listen to the English audio or did you listen to the Japanese I did, yeah. with the English track? I didn't even know that. So I watched it on, maybe this is why, I watched it on um, obviously Disney Plus on my Apple TV. And I don't think it even gave me that option. Okay. Yeah, it didn't give that option. You didn't... So, didn't give you that. Well, I, 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 I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, they're at least on the Roku device that I was watching these. Well, even on my phone, you can change the audio and, and, and uh, captioning languages. Um, in the anime community, and I'm going to, this is, a, it's a touchy subject of, of the, the concept between dubs versus subs. So do you, what do you, how do you experience it? Do you listen to, do you use the English subtitles and, and use the original Japanese language audio? Or do you go with the English dub where they hire the uh, uh, actors and they translate it and they read over it into it? And they actually have to, usually have to end up editing some of the footage in order to better line up. And I'm going to raise an issue with all of this later on anyway. But I, I think that, you're right. The English dialogue in anime like this, like when it's in the English translation, feels very stilted and doesn't seem to always line up with the way it's visually meant to. And I, I think that there's, there's, there's a reason. There might be a reason for that, but I'm not really super sure about it yet. I, I, I kind of looked at that. it like they, they were narrating 
the story for us while it was happening, like while we were seeing it. Like, especially uh, in Twins, it felt like that, like where they were like, oh, I'll do this. Let's like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and okay, that's, grab that's your notebook. Why, again, like, I don't know if, if that was this or if that's just kind of the style and what people might like about it. But that was kind of really jarring for me. And it, mm. even sometimes like I would start to get really into certain certain episodes and then all of a sudden just be taken right out. Interesting. Like, well, what's With some episode of two that? specific exceptions that I just could not possibly get into no matter what you did. <laughs> Which I feel like, Brandon, this might be a, maybe your time to, to weigh in on <laughs> what you yeah, think those episodes Brandon, might your- be. Uh, well, one of those episodes for me would be, uh, T.O.B. one. What? How? Wait a minute. Yeah. Really? How do you not like that episode? Because we're not. This one is for you. Toby is the single most annoying character in Star Wars full stop Holy cow you have you are a wrong person who says wrong things like i th- what <laughs> a, dude a protagonist that starts out annoying is like a star wars staple right and so i was expecting this whole time for him to stop being so over the top and uh you know dora the explorer about being a jedi okay yeah and 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 you don't get <laughs> Lindsay's my hype man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Get him. Perfectly uh, put it. This was the Nick Jr. of Star Wars. Yes. That was so good. Yes. <laughs> like when you get Luke or you get Anakin or you get Ahsoka, like they stop being whiny and annoying, right? They stop that because that is the progression uh, of their character. He, relatively speaking, he okay. Toby it, he it they I, I don't know what uh, what a robot would be called. Um, either way, Toby no. Wow, I, no. I'm shocked. I, I really am. I thought you would love that one. That's like the core message Dora of Star the Wars. of <sighs> Star Wars. The core message of Star so Wars is always anyone can be a hero if they decide to step up to evil and stare it down, and that's what that episode's about. Like, the whole Inquisitor guy freaks out because a droid has somehow become a Jedi. It's like, well, the message is because anybody can be. You don't have to be from a special planet or a special bloodline. Tell me if that sounds familiar. But you, too, you audience member, can even aspire to greatness, even if you think the whole deck is stacked against you. Yeah, but that's still, like, like, you don't... Okay, so, like, I'm in sales, right? I want everyone who I work with... (laughs) to hit their quota and achieve their goals and make money and progress in their career, except annoying people. Like <laughs> I can't sit there and root for someone who just annoys me on a day to day basis. And Toby uh, would annoy me on a day to day basis. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm with B. I think, I think Toby and obviously Tatooine Rhapsody were, were borderline unbearable. Wow. Like I really wonder if you like switch it to the Japanese audio. Like is it is it his voice that was bothersome or is it the characterization or is it just kind of everything? I think it was everything. <sighs> That's a shame. I'm gonna try it. I'll go back and watch it with the English dialogue and see if Yeah, but no, I, honestly, like for as much as I laugh at it, the Dora the Explorer of Star Wars is the perfect way to put it. Because it is like that 
it felt like it was like talking down to you almost. That's wild. <laughs> I, I we, we had two very different experiences with that episode. I, I, I am blown away. Like you guys didn't like the Mega Man references or the Astro Boy references or nothing in there. I liked nothing. Oh, oh, Lindsay. When did you let your inner child Which, just die like that? I'm, I'm even, I'm even gonna gonna take this chance and commandeer this podcast right now, and and Drew, we can get back to your second butt, but my second butt would, along those lines, be Tatooine Rhapsody. Oh, I remember no, I sat there in the funny. morning and I was so so torn when I saw that all of the episodes dropped, and I was like, ah, do I not go to the gym this morning and try and watch all of this before work? And then I watched that episode second, and I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) This can be done later. I can't keep doing this. I turned it off. I went to the gym. And then later on, when we were all talking about it, I was like, all right, time to watch one more episode and give this another shot. Um, But that entire thing was unbearable in terms of the plot, the dialogue. I don't like when they try and, like, modernize star Wars so much where it's like, yeah, this is like, we're going to take your music and your instruments and put them all here. Just no redeeming factors of that episode. Wow. Okay. I know Brandon hated it cause he's a terrible human being too, but man. dude, like I like Brandon's reason for not liking it though. Share with the class. Thing. <laughs> that the song was just really brutal. Are we talking about that take? Cause it yeah, was. Yep. It was. If it was a different song, do you think you would have liked it? No, I but I think I wouldn't have hated it as much. Fair. But that would be like, like to put it into like context of another Star Wars story, like that song is like the length of the pod race relative to Phantom Menace. Imagine hating the pod race mm. and thinking mm. the pod race was boring. Are you really going to be as into that movie after you spend the 15 minutes or whatever it was there. And oh come on. While we're while we're here, no, we're gonna not, stop oh, come on. He makes Rhapsody. a good point. Uh Boba Fett looks weird. He looked like a character from uh, yeah. some kind of kid, like off brand kids YouTube show. Like Oh my gosh. I, I don't even know what to do with that. Um, no appreciation for Are you really saying that you like this episode then, Drew? I think it's fine. It's not for me. I'm not the target audience for this particular episode, nor for the TOB1 episode. Like I was saying before, the the nine episodes that we have represent a very wide, wide range of audience members that they are trying to hit with each and every one of these. This is this is your Saturday morning cartoon. This is like the same people who would watch Digimon and, and things like that. That's who this episode is for. Like it's it's very much in the same vein. It's also you know if you think about Digimon, which you two probably have never even heard of. Hey, I liked Digimon. <laughs> I was on the Digimon is better than Pokemon train for like a week or and, two. And when for a week or two, choo choo. <laughs> well, when you did like Digimon at that age, you would have liked Tatooine Rhapsody. No, you would I, have liked I that style. Have. Yeah, you I, would have. It's, it's I, who this I is listened for. to good music. I was raised oh, listening please. to good it's music. It's not about the quality <laughs> of the music. It's about it's about the message behind the thing. The kids who you know have that go get them attitude, and I can do you know I can take over the world and do whatever I want to do by the sheer willpower that I have in my heart. It's like the power of friendship and heart triumphs over everything. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon because that's exactly what it's for. Is it one I'm going to go back and watch 17 times? Nah, probably not. I've got other ones I'm going to go back and watch 17 times. 
I can't believe you guys haven't mentioned my favorite one yet because I figured it was the one no one liked. Can we talk for a second about the weird idea that Jabba would have this moment of mercy to let this guy (laughs) play a song and then be convinced by cheering crowds uh, that they were going to be in the house band, basically? I think that might be part of why I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, in a world of space wizards and, and, and lightsabers, that's definitely the most unrealistic thing under the entire Star Wars banner. Totally, totally. <laughs> you shut up. All right, Drew, what's what's your I, second butt then? My most egregious thing out of this is the the English uh editions here. And here's what I mean by that. This is again, this is a a, a nit to pick. The when you watch these shows, if you're gonna watch them in English, that's fine. Do your thing. But if you're gonna watch them in Japanese, which I would highly recommend you listen to the Japanese audio because that's how these things were originally designed. Always go with original creator's intent before you go anybody else monkeying around with things. The English subtitles we get are technically closed captions and not actual English translations. Here's what I mean. When they translated the Japanese audio and dialogue into English dialogue, they have to change things. They had to change things in order to you know, fit a, a Western-style audience, and so they arrange, rearranged some of the dialogue. They, they used different wordings. So they put more English colloquialisms in there than, than a strict Japanese translation. But the English subtitles we get are the transcription of the English dialogue as opposed to the actual Japanese text translated. That's bothersome to me. Like, that's not a fair representation because if we're going to have the Japanese audio, you need to give us a Japanese translation of what they're actually saying, not a transcription of what your English actors have dubbed over it. I, that, those are two separate things. And while the changes might be minor, it doesn't really matter how small those changes are. There's changes being made to somebody else's work, and I don't really care for that. There's little thing, and it's, it's But see, hold on, hold on, hold on, because... Like, I don't, that, to me, that just, like, sounds like there's a lot of math going on about why I should or shouldn't like this episode, and it's, like, either, like, if even the idea of that song and it taking up that long in the the episode and all of that stuff, like, sure, you know, there is all of that math going into it and all of those, you know, directions of dubbing and, you know, all of that stuff, there, those are factors in why it may not have been what they wanted it to be. But at the end of the day, it's clear that what they wanted it to, that it to be, for me, wasn't anything that I wanted to have. So it doesn't matter how much stuff is going on around it. Your dissonance with that particular episode isn't going to be solved by the, the language that you listen to it in. And that's fine. Like, that's not... The underlying issues you have with something like Tatooine Rhapsody are not going to be solved by changing this particular nit to pick. I'm fine with that. This is a, a, a represented more in some of the, the softer episodes. The Akakiri had a couple ones, and the Elder had a couple moments where the words that they're saying in Japanese do not match the English dialogue they used. They do not match. They're not the same thing. In addition, they're changed to mean something else. And the way that's important is because it's changing the culture that it's actually coming from. Because the way in which they translate some of the master's responses to his Padawan and the Elder 
are not chuckling and gasping, as our English closed captions would have us believe. It's a deep sigh, or it's a breath, or him just going, hmm, and allowing his Padawan to think about it. It's the way in which the two characters are relating to one another. It's changed when they change the, in, the changed language. But the problem, that's one issue. Like, that's a thing that's pretty common when they have to put a, a dubbed version out there, and that's okay. But if you're going to do that, include a caption track that is a strict translation from the actual Japanese dialogue. Give us what they're actually saying without any changes from any other sources. Because I don't, you know, if you need the English closed caption, that's fine. You can have that. We should have one track for English closed caption, but we should have another one for English translation. That's really all I'm asking for here. Is because any time one studio or a person or entity or somewhere down the line is changing the intention of the original creators. We are that far removed from the actual messaging and intentions that went into it. And with this kind of material, everything's on purpose. Like, there aren't really mistakes that you have to just kind of slide in. Like, there might be limitations that, that you have to overcome, but anytime you change something, you're changing somebody else's intention. And I, I just it, it, yeah. I bump up against that super duper hard. I would say it's it's like the equivalent of, you know, people say if it's recorded on vinyl, it sounds best on vinyl, which I agree with. And same with like if you take a movie from the 1970s and you put it and change it to 4K HD, mm-hmm. of course, it's not going to look the way it's intended. It's going to be a little bit worse. So I get that just because I think we to your point, you take the way it was created and you you take a step away from what that person had meant, yeah, it's going to be worse. And I'm actually really happy that you brought it up just because, especially with my complaint about the the dialogue and not knowing if it's me, if it's anime, if it's visions, I kind of do want to go back and and test it out on something like The Elder that I enjoyed a little bit more um, and see if that helps at all, you know, and and see if I can really see what you're... That's what I'm hoping. I, I, I do want to try this. You know, I, I understand your complaint with it and your gripe with it, but I do still want to at least try yeah. with those subtitles on. The other one that I think it made a big difference in was the Lope and Ochi story or Ocho story. Um, there are times during that, because that one has a lot of uh, narration at the beginning, kind of setting up the universe mm-hmm. where it takes place. And the English subtitling doesn't line up to the the Japanese speaker like at all like there are moments when there is no narration occurring in the Japanese language but the English dialogue keeps going and explaining more and it's like no 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 the point of this is to stop listening and start watching like the point of this particular moment is to see how the characters are living it's not to have it explained to you like the English one is trying to do like shut up and let me actually watch the show for a minute and that kind of stuff is like I don't know. This is like, I don't know if it's like a training wheels issue. Like, if Lucasfilm wanted to make sure that their viewers who had never seen anything like this before had enough ease of introduction into the world and therefore tried to ease them through it by forcing them down this path of let's over explain everything. Like, let's make sure everything is lined out exactly the way we want our audiences to know. Um, because I feel that in those those two episodes specifically, the Lopen Ocho and the Elder, really felt like it was an attempt to make the worlds more clear 
to an audience rather than letting the audience learn how to experience something new. And so, I feel like that does a disservice. Well, let me ask you this then, because like Lop and Ocho is not on either one of my lists. It's kind of one of those ones like I I, I enjoyed yeah, it's it. There. Like it's it. there. But I say that. I like be- that one a lot. It was good. Well, I say that because I feel like I should like it a lot, but it also feels very choppy. And so I don't feel like there's a flow to the story. And maybe the dialogue doesn't help that, you know, because of the translation not lining up exactly. Maybe the emotional points I'm supposed to be hitting on that aren't hitting the same way because of the the translation in the transition. I think it's that that one specifically, possible. though, it kind of is, like you said, it's it feels choppy. I think that's a good story, and it had potential. And it's not that it wasn't meant for this even animation style. To me, a story like that just isn't meant in a short story format. When you're, when you're taking mm, things over a series of, it seemed like a decade, you know, and we're supposed to have all of this backstory and all of this emotional connection, I just, I just think that story would have been better served in something like a book or a graphic novel. That's a good point because there's a lot of stuff like contextually in there that if you're not familiar with what it means, that you're, you're going to lose a lot of that. Like, um, Ocho cuts off the, her top knot braid and, and hands it to, to Lop and, and Lop has to take it back to her father. That is a, that's a major cultural event in a person's life, you know, in, in, in w- when you kind of extract that concept from the samurai tradition of Japan, like that's a person ending their service. It's separation from the family and permanence. Like there's no going back to that. That's like changing your last name and emancipating yourself from your parents. It's a big deal. But if it's something you've never seen before, th- that is not going to get hit at the same way the rest of it is. Same thing when there's the, a, the extended sequence where the father is explaining the heritage of the lightsaber and how it was, you know, passed down from generation to generation. This seals the the bond between family members. It's like, wait, so you mean there's more to family members than just being family? Like you have to have, like you actually like one of your children more than the rest of the, it can lead to some very awkward situations and understandings if you don't have all that built in. And then again, this goes back to my primary issues. Like, if the language is already muddying things enough, I, like, holy cow! It's one thing if you're not familiar with the with a cultural moment, but to lack familiarity familiarity with it, and then have it poorly explained within the context of the thing doesn't help anybody. So there are moments like that where I feel like the audience is disserved by that, but but it is rewarding if you've spent some time and understand what those things mean and have seen them before. You can kind of associate with them um, what you're supposed to, what the filmmaker actually wants you to feel and experience. You can get that in, in the briefest of moments, but man, uh, it's hard, I bet. <laughs> well, I mean, I... I felt it at the at that moment where she cut her her top braid off or her top knot off because of Kanan, like cho- you know, chopping it off That's in season point. four of Rebels. Like that was what made me like I, I didn't I don't know even as much as Drew as you mentioned. I just learned some stuff there, but I knew like okay, that is an important thing in the samurai culture because I learned that from watching Rebels and hearing you know uh, Dave Filoni talk about yeah. about that moment. So. Yeah. That kind of hit for but me at that because point you it had was. Four, 
you had four years though to get to that point. Right. Because someone right. is not going to get it in thirteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like four. Yeah. I I felt that because of it making me think about rebels, not because mm. of what was happening on the screen. Within the context of that story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fun fact, the reason that's an important action is like because originally the top knot was designed for a samurai warrior so that to, to stick, make sure his helmet stayed on. Like it, it, it stayed snug on his head. So when you cut the top knot, the helmet can no longer stay snug and secure on his head. He can no longer serve as the warrior he once was. So it really has oh, to that do is with cool. you cannot go back to where you once were. Like you are no longer qualified for the job. So fun fact. If you go back and watch it, I wonder if that hits any different for you now. Interesting. Uh, it may not. It may not. So, Drew, did I, I've lost track. Did we get to your your worst butt? Your buddy's yeah, butt? Well, the worst thing I had yeah, was, it was that, the, dubbing. the language thing. Listen, I'm serious. All nine of these episodes, I really liked. Like, there's not one of these. I was like, this is awful. This is just flat out bad. There are some, like, The Elder is my least favorite. Tatooine Rhapsody is right behind it. Um, but then it's Lopinocho, which I enjoyed. I really liked that one, and they just get better from there. Like I have a really hard time with like the, the top six <laughs> out of nine <laughs> because I like all of them for so many different reasons. But there are two that I will go back and watch a hundred more times just because they're the most uh, enjoyable things ever. But I think we're going to get to that in a minute. Well, go for it. Tell us one of them. My number two. So that way we can talk about our favorite things later. My number two favorite thing is the village bride. Um, This is just amazingly well made. It's so entertaining. It's so interesting. You learn all kinds of brand new things, but, uh, but then the things that they bring with them, like the Jedi tradition and the, and the character of F and what she does in reaction to learning these things and how she just has to jump into action. And let's be clear, them Jedi heels are on point. And I think if we don't see those for sale in the next like 60 days, we riot because I'm going to have me a pair of them things because dang, girl. Dang. Did you just snap? I did. I, was, I had to be like, dang, girl. Those were so cool. Like that's something that no Star Wars movie has been able to pull off. Like that moment of like, here's a cool thing. You know, it's a set of shoes, but look what we can do with it. Like that is an amazing sense of filmmaking to me and the way in which they can use something so creative like that and just shoots her across the ground. And that moment of the single strike, which is, you know, pretty classic samurai movie. Uh, uh, Brandon, I wonder if that triggered the uh, twin sons. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, because that's, that's all this stuff comes from the same source material, you know? So that was so fun to watch. It's such a good, if you guys liked the village bride, you need to go watch a movie called Princess Mononoke. It's probably uh, as close to the same vibe as that episode. So I really think if you liked Village Pride, go check out Princess Mononoke. You'd enjoy it. Well, I'm going to have to be watching that because uh, I'm going to come back to Village Pride later. Strong, strong recommendation for that one. All right, Lindsay, go for it. Lin- yeah, Lindsay, why'd you hate the Village Bride? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was my favorite. I'm going to save my number one, though, because my, my, my number two really probably was The Elder. Um, for I, I don't want to keep repeating myself and sound like a broken record, but I really liked the the transition into mainstream Star Wars, into, hey, someone who's not really into anime, this is mm-hmm. how we're going to get you there. So I'm sticking with The Elder for my number two. 
See, that's one of the interesting things, you know, the way you said that of like not really into anime, but here's how you can get there. Because I felt like there were episodes that felt like anime doing Star Wars instead of Star Wars doing anime, if that makes sense. Ooh, Where interesting. Th- the anime aspect was the primary point and the Star Wars was the secondary point. And something like the elder and i would even argue village bride puts the star wars first and the anime is the way of expressing this mm. star wars story instead of star wars being the way you express this anime story that's such a nice way to put it i think that's the perfect differentiator right there but how do you like how does how do you feel about that like which do you do you appreciate that more than something like the akakiri then which i well, presuming you would have those flipped where that one you feel like it was an anime speaking story, for myself using. what i'd be what i'd be more interested in is to maybe this is something i'll even do but kind of put my ranking for okay so, you know i'm not super into anime i watch visions here's where i would rank them what i would like is more material like ronin to come out you know and and more mm-hmm. kind of softer entry level things into it where if over the course of the next year or so I can familiarize myself with things like this culture and this kind of style and this way of storytelling to then say, okay, now that I'm a little bit warmer here and now that I'm more experienced in this, has it changed at all? Yeah. And it's a wide pool of things to choose from. Like all of these like have so many other shows like you that you could go and watch and enjoy and then come back, but it's going to take you years to kind of like plumb the depths of all these different things. Like there's a hundred shows out there that are just like two zero B one. There's a hundred shows out there that are like the village ride. And some of those are my favorite. You know, there's a hundred out there like the ninth Jedi, which we haven't even mentioned yet, which is kind of surprising to me. Hmm. Oh, Okay. Brandon gives it an emphatic. Yeah, it's it's funny because the ones that I think people are so gung ho about really are Village Bride and the Ninth Jedi, and yeah, I'm kind of eh, on those ones too. Wow. Well, not on Village Bride. Calm down. Okay. Yeah. We're not going crazy. So here. No, Village Bride. I don't know. I just don't know. I I <laughs> I'll I'll save it for when I go back to my my number one. Okay. Okay. Brandon, did we get your number two, or did I? Or did I have no, no, two? not yet. Uh, mine is the duel. Really? Okay, I no. I love it so much. The only thing I don't like, the only thing I don't like, is the umbrella saber. I will oh, say no. that they they made it better by like having it be that little apparatus and not like you know seven different blades coming out of of you know seven different <laughs> kyber crystals or something crazy like that. Um, but that just really that really brought back some Twilight of the Apprentice PTSD, man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, they're yeah, back yeah. and they're worse. Dude. <laughs> that yeah, is keep in mind, so. So the duel is actually my number one. Oh wow, interesting. Without, without a doubt, and you know what? So for me, had had I known this would be the case, I I wish I did. There was obviously absolutely no way to know this. But had I known I would like the duel that much and it would be so totally different from everything else, I would have watched this one last. And I think mm-hmm. that was part of my issue oh, with a lot of it going yeah. forward because I like that one so much that everything else kind of like fell to the wayside. 
But what I liked about it was it wasn't even so much the anime. And yes, the story is great. The characters are great. I like that it felt like an anime version of a film noir. I really like that kind of like darker aspect. Yeah. And that that I think interested me more than anything else. Yeah, I I mean, I absolutely 100% on everything you said, like the with the exception of the village bride, which is, I mean, obviously my number one. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like other than that, there was nothing else that got me even close to the level of excited and uh, excitement that I had while I was watching watching the duel and just it felt like to me both of the both of those episodes village bride and the duel they are the ones to me that feel like the best mold that star wars and anime could make together i don't want to say they're the best version of it but like when you get to the story and you get down to the uh the themes and the animation and the lore and all of this stuff it really it it to me it feels like the perfect use of the two and balance of the two where it's not too much star Wars doing anything. It's not too much anime doing, you know, uh, you know, a whole lot over here. It's here's both of them as 50, 50 as you could possibly get them. And you see how beautifully they work together. And then you juxtapose that to Tatooine Rhapsody. Listen, yeah. listen. Because this that. one, you could take out the lightsabers and you can take out the words Sith and Jedi and it's still the same exact story. But you Ooh, could like also have this in live action or you could have this in a different animation style and it's still the same story. So yeah, be to your point, it's, it's the perfect intersection right there. And it felt very much like the uh, Mandalorian episode uh, with Ahsoka the Jedi. Like just that mm. small little village and this outsider comes in and helps and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's all there, man. It's all no, there. You, They're the same you, thing. You're doing a great job. It, it, like I, I love it because it is so good and all that is accurate um, and really good descriptions of it. And I'm just going to buy you an Akira Kurosawa collection because all this, this stuff is based on his films from the 50s and 60s. And you're just going to love it, man. You're just going to oh, love it. No, I've, I have them on my list on HBO Max. I have some. Oh. So. It's just it's just the best. It's just the best storytelling and cinema cinema history, really. And all this stuff is this is like, it's really funny because there was a small section of the internet who was like, you know, George Lucas would never stand for this kind of stuff being applied to Star Wars. Like, where do you think he got the idea for all this stuff in 1975 and 74? Like, <laughs> were you not paying attention in class because he ripped off so much Kurosawa stuff, like? most of a new hope is just the hidden fortress again which is again fine it's perfectly reasonable anyway i just thought it was funny people are like not aware of their history <laughs> really really that's surprising shocking you. somebody on the internet is wrong and i just couldn't help myself and somebody isn't educated on the history of the place they find themselves in it's it's weird isn't it mm, like so we, we've got work to do We've got to get some books into the hands of some kids and teachers. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Clash and Sabers. <laughs> Someone should really get on. I know. Somebody should do something about it. Anyway. Drew, that, that sends it back around to you. 
Guys, let me tell you the most, the best episode in all of Visions. And I'm probably the only person who likes this one as much because nobody else seems to be talking about it. The twins. It's just the most bonkers example of anime and Star Wars put together. And I live for that kind of stuff. It makes no sense until you sit down and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm putting pieces of the puzzle together. Okay, now I get it. Like, there's so much that they take from, like, the original Star Wars concept of the twins, like Luke and Leia. And kind of just blow things up from there. Like this is, it's innovative, it's creative, it's wild, it's entertaining as all get out. All kinds of stuff happens. Things blow up. There's fighting, but there's feelings. And it's, ah, oh my goodness. It's like we had General Grievous back, but better. It was so cool for those those couple of minutes. This I'm going to watch the Twins mean, probably every single week. You uh, mean the 11 minutes they were out in space, oh, alive? so great. Just yeah, on top of a ship and then... yeah. Yeah. Jumping through hyperspace. She put a lightsaber into her chest and grew four arms that all had lightsabers on the end. Wasn't that awesome? Remember how like... So I'm just going to leave this as it sounds like it sounds like just a very differing matter of opinion. I'll let you I'll let you (laughs) sit and relish and enjoy what you enjoy. But so this this one is very much uh, like there's a whole genre in anime of, of shonen, which is basically, and this is going to be bad, but kind of like that, that uh, adolescent boy age 12 to 18, stuff blows up, people fight. It's very popular, and it's probably, I would dare say it's the most popular slash profitable section of the entire, if you add up all the anime in the world produces, it's probably the section that makes the most money. It's basically the Marvel Cinematic Universe version. And this fits kind of squarely in that camp where it's, there is action, and that's a big focus of it, but there's a lot more going on underneath it. Not all the best shonen has stuff going on underneath it, but I feel like the twins was just a, a great example of, you want to see some crazy people do some crazy things with what you thought you understood Star Wars to be? Because this is it. And I, I just, I, I love that so much because it's it's not normal. It, it you, you don't have to go into it with a whole lot of understanding because there's no way you could understand what's going on ahead of time anyway. You're in it for the ride, and I just love that so much. It's so much fun. We don't get enough of that in the Star Wars universe to be caught off guard, to just sit back and go, wait, what was that? That was just amazing. And and, and we need more of it, and uh, let's pay more money to see more of that. <laughs> but see, like, suspension of disbelief becomes a factor, right? You have all of this, this craziness happening. No. No, you're looking at it the wrong way then. You don't have to worry about suspension of disbelief because it's not telling you the story of like an actual battle of things. It's a fairy tale. It's not real. Like you've got to like divorce yourself from the rules in which you thought applied because they don't apply in this kind of stuff anymore. That's part of the fun. Like this isn't re- like even in Rebels has a couple of moments where things don't really make sense, especially in season four. I'm thinking about the Loth Wolves don't make good mm-hmm. sense. Um, within the rules established by the universe, and you just kind of hand wave it away and be like, you know, it's just, you know, it's Dave Filoni doing Filoni things. Dave Filoni doing Dave Filoni things, that's all this episode was, is the creator doing the creator's things. Like, that's the joy of this, is just, no, take every rule you thought made sense and applied and, and, and had to hem you in and say, nope, not today. And you get to live in that freedom, Brandon. I'm trying to broaden your horizons here. And show you the joy that's. Just I really am happy for you, Drew. <laughs> See, to me, it's more like <laughs> I love it so much. Remember that time he no. was flying an X-wing upside down, and then had a lightsaber the size of a planet, and then sliced her in half, but didn't really slice her in half. 
So cool. And then so jumped cool. into hyperspace while still on the front of that X-Wing. Yeah. Wasn't that awesome? Remember the time the droid needed yeah, JJ Abrams, a bubble it was great. on his head? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do that. That's not fair. That's making things up as you go along because you don't know what you're doing two movies later. That's a different issue. This was made completely. I have to say, I think my my biggest takeaway from tonight is it went exactly as expected. (laughs) For me, at least. I I know that we we did a really good job, I think better than we typically do, of not talking about this before recording. So I didn't really know with 100% certainty how you felt about things, Drew, and how you felt about things, V. But going into it, I was like, I think tonight's going to be the the off night where I go against Drew. <laughs> the off night? I feel like that's just par for the course at this point, isn't it? No, because I feel like most of the time I like morally agree with you. It's just <laughs> I like <laughs> I like our stats. <laughs> you like our stats? Okay. Like what, I like that what little tiny phrase did he mutter that I could argue with him about? There you go. But this I'm time, sure no, I just morally disagree with you. That's all right. Just on principle. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm sure there's something we can agree on in here. Uh, the duel's really good. You, Lindsay, need to read Ronan. Like, I don't understand how you didn't snap that up at the beginning. I need you to read it. Because... Oh, I'm excited for it. Don't oh you worry. Oh, my gosh. If you enjoyed the so duel. So, actually, like... I'll, be, I'll be honest. I have a, um, a six-hour flight in a couple of weeks, so I was actually trying to save it to read then. Oh, interesting. And now you kind of have me rethinking it, and do I want to... Uh up on this i've actually got it right here on my counter you have the a copy of it i do i do i have the advanced copy i actually just got the other night but i got it and i was like i have the six hour flight and then another six hour flight a few days later if i don't finish it (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you Lindsay lives the most exciting life out of all of us brandon it's just a fact it's sometimes hard to handle yeah. honestly i know you're traveling the world seeing things having experiences i'm watching frozen and frozen 2 and moana every single day of my life it seems you need to throw some tangled in there man yeah we did try mm. tangled she was kind of okay with that i might try and bring that one up again tomorrow you're doing it wrong if you guys have no idea what we're talking about you're not patreon subscribers and you should be so that's another that's three man we're good at this aren't you we? are really good at this so good at this listen the duel i thought all these years really later good. we're finally getting the hang of it drew i know one of these days we're gonna be awesome it's gonna be crazy <laughs> good we're actually gonna bring some some support in here i liked the duel i have a hard time separating it from from ronin um just because they are the same and you know all of and really, because I read Ronan before watching the duels, like so I knew exactly what was going to happen, and it moves so fast that I, I was like, I like, the, I like the written version of this better. I enjoy that better because it was just, maybe it was just the first time experiencing it kind of thing. See, but for me, like having watched Ronan, or excuse me, watched the duel before starting Ronan, I feel like I got eased into, you know, Ronan yeah. a lot better, you know, like I, I needed to have seen it before because now the rest of the book, like I have a visual in my head and I'm envisioning it in that black and white with a very little color going mm. on and stuff. That's how I'm seeing it when I'm reading the book. Whereas if I was reading the book first, I would have 
gone with like a you know Star Wars live action or Star Wars anime kind of or excuse me Star Wars animation uh you know 3D kind of uh situation. Oh man. And so then to come to the duel would really have been a complete like you can't get more 180 than that, you know? Like no. it would have been yeah. very unsettling and <laughs> I I like it the way that it is where I'm now able to read Ronin with the visuals of the duel uh, going on. That's good. And keep that because it will help you through the rest of the text because the text, I think, is going to have times where, again, like we were talking about with some of the other episodes, if you're not familiar with some of these cultural identifications, it could be challenging. So don't be afraid to like stop and just do a quick Google. It's like, all right, I don't really know what this means. Let me go see if there's like a, a, a one paragraph Wikipedia summary I can read to understand what this means. So it, it's definitely, I think for you, is probably the best way to experience it was watching it at first. And then you've got that, that, that setting and that stylization kind of nailed down because it continues through the rest of the book. The rest of the book is written that, in that same kind of vein and vibe. And man, you're just going to love it. I, I really hope you enjoy it. Because <laughs> if you don't, I have no one to talk to about. Uh, no, I legitimately like I've I'm so lonely. Is what I've already been. <laughs> I've already like the forty pages. I'm into it already. Uh, I'm into it already. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to continue on reading it. Um, so mine was Village Bride. We we pretty much covered that. Gosh, that that one is so good. I love it. I like. I just. I, the storytelling is so crisp in the way that it mixes the past and the present and yeah. it shows the motivation of the characters and it tells this complete story while also it hints at history that makes you want more of it. Like, ugh. I think that one will generate additional content. Like, I feel like we're going to get this, you know, F's story, like who she is and where she comes from and what she does with like in her life as a Jedi. I think we're going to get that in some additional format because that one, that episode in particular, I think is the strongest beginning point for some additional information. I don't really like the rest of these tell mostly complete stories, except for maybe the ninth Jedi. The ninth Jedi might be the next one that you get additional info from or, you know, kind of tangentially related material that comes out eventually. But uh, Village Ride, I think, is definitely going to generate some additional stuff. That is exciting. I sure hope it does anyway. Lindsay, yeah. if you have to pick one episode to, to get additional content for, which one's it going to be? Ooh, I mean... Besides the duel. I'm assuming <laughs> the duel is out. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't. Yeah. Nothing just grabs yeah, I mean, says, I want to know that story a little bit more. I want to see what happens next. No, and and maybe this is part of my my not issue but like knowing that this stuff isn't really canon i think i'm able to dismiss things a little bit more than usual really when you say yeah. dismiss do you mean treat not, not need important? not need for more information uh, like okay. for the most part i'm okay with these little kind of snippets of this world and then moving on to the next thing so i don't think there were really any characters or anything like that where I'm like, oh my god, I need more of this. Mm. Well, I'm going to get me a pair of those Jedi heels that she wears. If you want one, let me know what size. Oh, you'll rock them, boy. Oh, man, you don't know. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Walking down. I was going to say, walking around the 
the place in celebration. Drew in his heels. Be a lot of stumbling, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> nah, man, they can they can loosen up and tighten oh, up. It's true. They can blast me across the floor. <laughs> they could. You'd be front row seats the whole time in celebration because you just get past everybody. <laughs> yeah, either that or spend the entire weekend in the ER. Why not both? Well, I don't know. I'm a pretty clumsy guy. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the number of times I've knocked my microphone over, like tonight alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Misa, clumsy? <laughs> well, look, my day started pretty okie day with the brisky morning munchings. <laughs> and then bam. <laughs> pow. I hate you. Grabbing that Jedi, getting very scared. And then, pow, Misa here. Brandon, what about you? What do you want to see more of out of these nine episodes? And why is it? Why do you want a full epi- uh, full album release of the Tatooine Rhapsody? Uh, what are that band called? Starweaver. <laughs> I'm gonna find that band who did that, and I'm gonna send their entire discography to you. And I'm not gonna listen to it. <laughs> I'm gonna strap you to a chair <laughs> and and clockwork to, orange style. To put this into perspective, I listen to Nickelback. So, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Uh, so we're taking applications for new uh, co-hosts to replace Brandon. If any of you don't listen to Nickelback, <laughs> <laughs> um, leaps and bounds ahead. But no, I, I mean Village Bride for sure. Uh, the duel I will take out because we've already got additional content with it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think the other one, just because it either a. Lop and Ocho or um, the Ninth Jedi, or you know, okay. um, because Ninth Jedi has like the setup for things afterwards, you know, that that's kind of mm-hmm. the, the walk off, and you know what's gonna happen, you're, you're you know, the, uh, the way you're gonna play it out in your head, but you could tell stories after that of those. Uh, you know, nine Jedi's and finding the other Jedi and yeah. uh, different things like that. Um, and then Lop and Ocho in in the reverse, you could do the in between, kind of like Rebel Rising does for for Jin in those moments in between the beginning prologue of oh, Rogue One and the, yeah. you know, you could tell those kind of stories of those sisters and how they got there and and really kind of do what Clone Wars does where it takes these characters that you knew from one story and didn't really have too much of an emotional attachment to and made them real people that you cared about and wanted to protect Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, could be the, what happens if you get more, you know, the adventures of Lop and Ocho. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. In the ninth Jedi, did it get, did it catch you off guard when everybody ignited their lightsabers and it turns out they were red or did you see that coming? Uh, I did not see it coming. So by the strictest sense of the term, it did take me by surprise. But in the, like, I'm shocked kind of way, I think we had had enough Jedi, or excuse me, enough Sith stuff going on um, by the time you get to the the ninth Jedi that it was like, okay, this is solidly in like a, where the Sith are a presence, you know, at all times kind of thing while we're watching this. I think the thing that did throw me off was the one that was red and then he turned purple there. Turned purple, which that makes sense, that. but it it no no, it that made sense, but then just the brush it off explanation of the others must have influenced me. I was like, mm, "What?" Like 
I yeah. both want more of that and also don't because I I want more of it so I understand what you're talking about. Right. But I don't want more of it because if I get more of it, that's going to encourage you to do more things like this. I was wondering how you would feel about the, the way they, they reinterpreted the Kyber Crystal's interaction. That I enjoyed. Leader. Okay. That I, I enjoyed. Wondering. But just the, the guy being like, oh, I'm influenced by the other people. Oh, my goodness. I'm so... I was so bad for a minute well, there, but I'm good again. And the other guy being like, yeah, you were just trying to kill us, but come on, let's go. <laughs> it's very, very um, let's go too deep undercover, too deep undercover, you know, a la The Departed, that he kind of forgets to see his way out until he's mm. brought back. Again, I, I wonder if, I wonder two things. Is there a struggle in the storytelling because these are so short that we don't get enough time to properly explain things? Um, maybe, maybe not. I, I kind of like it these the, the, this length. But, but two, here's my real question. Do you think Visions as a whole across all nine episodes is too heavily saturated in the Jedi versus Sith approach of things and not enough of like the rest of the galaxy? Or did you appreciate that kind of uh, story? I liked it, but that's also kind of like my preferred thing of star wars you know i i always like those kind of stories a lot okay. so for me i was pretty cool with it but that much to like your kind of wrong opinions about other things that's my wow. personal personal style wow did we all did we all cover all of our list yeah i think we did uh, unless you want to talk more about akakiri and how awesome that one is and it's still only number five on my list I liked everything about that except for the animation itself until you got to the oh, very end no. part. The very end part, I liked it. I, I really struggled with it because I like those, uh, you know, like the Village Bride where it's just mm -hmm. more pretty standard. Pretty pretty standard. Not, yeah. 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 There's nothing like, terribly interpretive about it. it, it exactly. Kind of it's like the, the pumpkin spice of, of like Listen, animation. Don't ever say that again. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> so was angry. Because it was like a good analogy. It was a funny analogy. And then it also <sighs> creates the analogy of like, I like it. So I'm basic. Oh, Obviously. I just. I gotta go throw it's up. Topical. Excuse me. That's what they call it's layered. <laughs> layered. <laughs> Comedy, my friends. Comedy. <laughs> it's finest. That's what I say every morning when I look in the mirror. Comedy? Aww. Or it's layered? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, okay. So, um, yeah. I'm sure Drew's probably gonna write up some more stuff from Visions, and I don't see him not bringing it up in conversation anytime in the near future. So stay tuned for more of that. <laughs> um, and stay tuned for more of Clashing Sabers, where we will be covering, uh, you know, all the stuff that comes out, but from a different angle. We don't want like to focus so much on just the, here's what happened, but the... Because there's already great shows out there that do that or or anything like that, you know, where they just strictly talk about what happens. And we like to get into the deeper meanings and the weird angles and the best and butts of things like we got into tonight. Because I feel like that really did open up, like not focusing on just the episodes in particular really opened up the conversation true, there of the true. overall presentation of the property, which I think is really important if we want more of this content. And I know there are a lot of people that do. Um, so 
until then, until we get more from Visions and, and until Drew uh, comes over and joins us on Don't Burn the Sacred Text. Oh, yeah. I just voluntold him on air. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know. Um, we will uh, continue to, to put Visions content out. We will continue to put our trivia tournament out. And uh, if you want to support that mission of, uh, of getting information out there in the form of books, you can go to patreon.com slash clashing sabers. <laughs> So until next time, remember the most important lesson of Star Wars, Batch 8. Hi-ho. Hi-ho. That was, yeah, that was a little rough, Lindsay. We're going to need better from you next time. Uh, I nailed the intro. That's true. We can't, we can't count on you getting a full show in. <laughs> no, you can pick one or the other. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use different informational and educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. <laughs>